Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Superman from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, as Superman corrals the Knights of the White Carnation, Metropolis murderous bigots, another dangerous adventure of international significance looms on his horizon. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, have you started your new collection yet? Well, if you haven't, you better get busy. This new collection Kellogg's Pep has for you is a honey. A special He-Man one for the boys, but more of that later, because first, I want to tell you girls what a wonderful surprise is in store for you. It's a shiny silver-like charm bracelet and 12 different charms to go with it. This bracelet is a peach, and here's how you get it. Now, you better get a pencil and paper because you don't want to miss any of this. For the bracelet only, you send one box stop from Super Delicious Pep and 10 cents, that's a dime in cash, to Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. That's for the bracelet only. But, of course, you'll want some charms to start with. And there were 12 shiny, small-scale models of a trolley car, a piano, a cuckoo clock, a locomotive, a violin, and a telephone, among others. Now, this is a get-acquainted offer, you know, and with your first order, you'll get a printed slip with the names and the pictures of all the 12 charms, and uh, you can check them off as you order them until your collection is complete. Now, here's how to get started on your charm collection. For each of the charms, send one box stop from Pet, the Sunshine Cereal, and one dime, plus the names of the charms you want, to Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. That's one dime and one pet box stop for each of the charms, and one dime and one pet box stop for the charm bracelet. But just be sure and get that address right. It's Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. And remember to print your own name and address clearly on your orders. Now, in just a few minutes, I'll give you boys the dope on your collection, so stick around. And now, the adventures of Superman. After Superman had rescued cub reporter Jimmy Olsen and Jack Wilson from the murderous agents of the Knights of the White Carnation, he resumed his guise of Clark Kent and accompanied District Attorney Agnew to the home of Vincent Kirby, the wealthy and aristocratic leader of the hate spreaders. A meeting of the rabble-rousers was taking place in Kirby's library, but just as Kent and Agnew were about to enter the room, a henchman of Kirby's slipped up behind them and jabbed two guns at their backs. Unable to extricate himself and Agnew from their dangerous predicament without revealing his identity as Superman, Kent stands still, his mind racing desperately as Vincent Kirby approaches them from the library. Listen. Well, if it isn't my old friend, the district attorney. Tell your stooge to put his guns down, Kirby. I think not, Agnew. Who is this other fool with you? My name is Clark Kent, Mr. Kirby. Clark Kent, eh? Yes. Well, I've been wanting to meet you for a long time. You know, you've been making rather a nuisance of yourself, Mr. Kent. Really? Well, listen, Mr. Kirby. Hold it, Kent. You listen to me, Kirby. We know all about you and your rotten knights of the white carnation. Really? Yes. We know you had Charles Canfield murdered because he was going to expose you. And we know that you framed those high school basketball players on gambling charges in order to spread race hatred in our schools. You seem to know a great deal, Agnew. 
Too much, in fact. Uh-oh. Now tell your gorilla to put his guns down, because for your information, my men have your house surrounded. So I understand. I suggest that you tell them you've made a mistake and send them away. That chance. What do you take me for, a fool? Look here, Agnew. You think you're going to take me, Vincent Kirby, to jail like a common criminal? I'll send your men away, I tell you, and then... Then you'll take care of us, is that it? Yes, of you and of all who dare to stand in my way. Holy smokes, this guy is crazy, Kent. Of course he is. Better do as he says, Mr. Agnew. What? Send your men away and leave us to me. Agnew, this is your last chance. Will you send them away? No. Please, Mr. Agnew. All right, Craig, shoot them. Not today, Kirby. As Vincent Kirby shouts his hysterical order to shoot, Clark Kent raises his foot and crashes it down with all his superhuman strength opening a great gaping hole in the floor into which he, District Attorney Agnew, Kirby, and the gunman fall. Down into the dark basement they plunge wildly as Kent, working with the speed of light, resumes his true identity of Superman. Reaching the floor first, he breaks Agnew's fall. What the... What happened? Kent, where are you? Kent's okay, Mr. Agnew, and everything's under control. I'm taking over now. What happened? Who are you? I can't see you. Superman. Superman! Superman! Let me out of here! I'll pull Mr. Kirby off for you like this. That'll hold him until you get him to headquarters. Wait, there was another one, the gunman. The fall knocked him out. All right, let's go up for those other white carnation rats, and your men can take over from there. Up we go. Up! This is your Daily Planet news reporter bringing you the latest news of the day. Vincent Kirby, prominent businessman, and six other well-known metropolis citizens were captured today by District Attorney Agnew in a raid on Kirby's home. Kirby and his cohorts, now lodged in the city jail, are accused by the District Attorney of murder, abduction, and conspiracy to spread race hatred and violence in the city's schools, and are scheduled for trial early next week. Vincent Kirby... Stand up. You've heard the verdict of the jury finding you guilty on the three counts of murder, abduction, and conspiracy to incite riots. Have you anything to say? It's not true. I was only trying to purify America, to make it free of foreigners. In doing what you did, Kirby, you committed crimes not only against humanity, but also against American democracy. Only the bigot and the demagogue the creature whose own mind and heart is twisted and poisoned stoops to such practices in order to corrupt his countrymen. He's like a vicious rattlesnake. But I didn't attack my countrymen, Your Honor. My attack was against foreigners. A foreigner? A foreigner, Mr. Kirby, means a citizen of another country. High school basketball players you framed on false bribery charges are not citizens of another country. Uh, uh... I made a mistake. You, Kirby, made the fatal mistake of giving way to blind, unreasonable hatred. You fed your desire for power by discriminating against minorities. And you used your money and influence to corrupt, to murder, to become a traitor to your country. Vincent Kirby, justice will be well served when I, with the power vested in me by this state, sentence you and your accomplices to die in the electric chair for the crime of murder. Here's the story, Chief. 
Vincent Kirby and his two agents, Joe McMillan and Fargo, got death sentences. And, well, they deserved it, too. And the other members of the White Carnation got 20 years each. Good, good. Well, what about the other character, Lois, the chairman of the school board? Mr. Mortimer? Well, he's out of a job, Chief, for playing into Kirby's filthy hands. Well, now don't forget that when you're writing the story. Oh, I didn't forget it, Chief. It's already in my story. And that gambler, the one Kirby paid to testify he bribed the high school basketball players? Got five years. Fine. Well, that washes the whole thing up. Now, will you both please forget the Kirby story for a moment and listen to me? Something very important has just come up. Really? What is it, Chief? Well, here it is. Now, you two remember Hobie Taylor, don't you? Hobie Taylor? Oh, yes, yes. He was one of our foreign correspondents. Oh, that's right. Say, didn't he die a year or two ago? He didn't just die, Lois. What? What do you mean, he didn't just die? I mean, he was murdered. Murdered? Yes, he was murdered in Sweden just before the war ended by Nazi Gestapo men. Good heavens. Why, Chief? He was killed to prevent him from releasing a story he'd been following for months. A story he assured me would affect the future of the whole world after the war ended. No kidding. Great Scott, why have you kept this secret? Because I didn't want to take a chance of endangering Bucky. Who's he? Who's that? Well, Bucky is Hobie's young son. A fine little fellow who I met a couple of times in Europe. You see, Mrs. Taylor had died many years ago, so Hobie took the boy with him wherever he went. And now he has no father or mother. Poor kid. How old is he, Chief? Mm, Let's see. He'd be um, about 13 now, I think. I see. But look, Chief, uh, what was this story Hobie had? Frankly, even I don't know what the story was, because Hobie was shot just as he was about to give it to me over the transatlantic telephone. Uh Uh-oh. Good grief. But from something he said before, I'm quite sure that his son, Bucky, knows at least something about it. Well, but, Chief... Why didn't you send for the boy right away? I mean, as soon as Hobie was... Well, for the simple reason that Bucky disappeared immediately after his father's death. I see. And it wasn't until a couple of months ago that I was able to trace him through the displaced persons bureau who found that he'd been taken to a German concentration camp. A 13-year-old youngster. That's right. Well, he wasn't the only youngster in a German concentration camp, Lois, but go on, Chief. What then? Well, the boy had managed to escape from the camp and wandered over half of Europe dodging the Nazis. Sounds like a game, kid. Yes. Well, I made arrangements to have him sent over here immediately, of course, and he's arriving today on the Nautilus. Today? Yes, within an hour. Now, naturally, I'm very happy about that, and I'm going to do all I can to provide a good home for him. Well, sure, And I'm also right. hoping that he can give us more of the big story that his father died for. Uh-huh. So you two get right down to the pier. Pick up Bucky and bring him here. Okay. I'll run out and buy some things for him and have a big welcome ready. Right. Go on, now, go on. Get started. ship's officer. Let's ask him. All right, Clark. Uh, pardon me. Yes, sir? We're looking for one of the passengers, a young boy named Bucky Taylor. We were wondering if you could Bucky help us... Bucky Taylor, find... did you say, sir? Yes, that's right. We know he was on the ship, and we couldn't have missed him. We were here when the Nautilus docked. Your friends of his are you? Oh, Certainly yes, are. very good. Then friend. I'd advise you to speak to Captain Barker. Captain Barker? Why? What's wrong? Well, it's quite a bit wrong, sir, but I'm not at liberty to discuss it. Uh, you'll have to see the captain. <laughs> Lois Lane start up the gangplank of the Nautilus to interview the captain. What is wrong? We'll be back in a moment with the startling climax of today's episode. So stand by. Hey, you ready, fellas? 
Here we go with the details of that He-Man special collection I was talking about a few minutes ago. It's a humdinger, believe you me. Now, for you fellas, Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal, has a big silver-like keychain that you'll be proud to wear. And there are 12 nifty lucky pieces you can attach to it. And in the package, when you receive your first order, you'll find a printed slip with names and pictures of all the 12 lucky pieces on it. Now, here's how you can get the lucky pieces. For each one, send one pet box stop and one dime, plus the names of the lucky pieces you want, to Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. And remember, gang, print your names and your addresses very plainly on your order and send it to Superman, Department 1R, Battle Creek, Michigan. When young Bucky Taylor failed to disembark from the liner Nautilus, Clark Kent and Lois Lane were advised by a ship's officer to see Captain Barker. We join them now in the captain's quarters. Why were we told to come to your quarters, Captain Barker? Why is everyone so mysterious? What's happened to Bucky Taylor? Take it easy, Lois. Apparently something serious has occurred. You're quite right, Mr. Kent. Something most serious has occurred since this boy, young Taylor, came aboard my ship at Plymouth. Yes, well? Where is he now? I don't know, Miss Lane. What? You don't know? No, Mr. Kent. You see, Bucky Taylor has disappeared. Shocked, utterly speechless for a moment, Clark Kent and Lois Lane stare at the grave-faced captain who has just said that Bucky Taylor has disappeared from the giant ocean liner. How could the boy have disappeared? What has happened to the youngster who is supposedly in possession of a story of world-shaking importance? A story for which his father was murdered. We'll learn more tomorrow when Superman goes into action on one of the most exciting and mysterious adventures of his career. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.